I've got loads of stuff to say this morning, so need to get cracking. Welcome everyone, I'm Chantelle. Welcome to Carrick Vineyard. Um, it's great to have you all here with us this morning. Um, this morning, um, I really want to talk about the Holy Spirit. And I believe that my relationship with the Holy Spirit has changed my life. And I don't just mean my life as a Christian, I literally mean my whole life. And I think it's really important for us to know him as a person and come to a better understanding of how we can embrace his ministry and nurture a friendship with him because the Holy Spirit is the person who allows our relationship with God to move from our head to our heart. And it's that experience that I believe really allows us to have a real and genuine and authentic relationship with God. And I became a Christian when I was 14 because there was these um, people in my class and honestly, they never shut up about Jesus and it used to really get on my nerves. They used to talk about him all the time. But eventually, I just became intrigued by what they were saying. I wanted to know more. And then I decided that I would like to join in in this Jesus thing and follow him too. But a few years later, I was at church on a Sunday night in my church in Carrick. And my friend Sarah Cavan, Sarah Francis now, um, she just came back from this weekend away. I can't remember if it was with the school SU or whatever, but... Honestly, she looked like she was walking with like a halo around her. Like she was just so alive. She just really met with Jesus. It was amazing. And she just was so bubbling over and talking about it. And I just really like started to cry and I could not stop crying. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Why am I crying? This is weird. But I just, um, I felt like that night I was like, my relationship with God was going from my head to my heart. So I decided that night, I am going to follow Jesus no matter what. This is my life. I'm surrendering everything. No matter what people say and do around me, no matter what family or friends say, I am going to follow him. And I didn't really realize it at the time, but I really believe that that was me being filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. So I would really like to share with you a bit more about the Holy Spirit this morning. And many of us here have come from different places and we've come from varied backgrounds and that influences our understanding of the Holy Spirit and his role of, in our lives. And many Christians even approach the Holy Spirit in different ways. So on one side of the spectrum, we have the Protestant, conservative, evangelical perspective and their approach to God is quite intellectual, very concerned with sound Bible teaching and emphasis on seeing people receive salvation, personal discipleship, emphasizing reading and discussing, but maybe not doing or experiencing Christianity and maybe not much of an emphasis on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I'm very cautious about emotions. We should never get carried away by our emotions. And on the other side, we've got Christians who are totally infatuated with the ministry of the Holy Spirit or spiritual gifts and speaking in tongues. And quite often they might make promises of triumph over sickness, but without really acknowledging a world full of pain and suffering. You know, and it might not be unusual for them to say, if you don't see healing, that means you don't have enough faith. They might be very over-emotional. You know, there might be a style of worship that's really hyper-spiritual, maybe to us would seem over the top. And when people are seeking after God, it can almost feel a bit offensive, that kind of thing. So the Vineyard Church, the Vineyard Movement, doesn't really fit into either of those camps that I've just described. 
we really believe that we can have the best of both views and fall into the middle of the spectrum. So we have a solid Bible-based theology that cares about seeing a lost come to Christ and teaching them the Bible. Rather than resist or oppose the Holy Spirit, we want to learn to appreciate and respond to the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we believe we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and use spiritual gifts to be the hands and feet of Jesus to other people. What we really want to do is provide a hospitable environment for a real personal response to the Holy Spirit. And this has become known as the quest for the radical middle. And it's where we sit as a vineyard movement. Now, there is a book called The Quest for the Radical Middle, which is about the history of the Vineyard Church, and I encourage you to get hold of that and read that if you'd like to know more. We have a couple of copies we could lend out if you're interested. So when he first came to faith, John Wimber read the Bible and asked his church leader, when do we get to do the stuff? You know, he was reading the Bible and he was reading all this stuff in it. And he went to him and said, when do we get to do the stuff? And the church leader was like, what stuff? What are you talking about? And he said, the stuff in the book, what I'm reading in the Bible. Because he was convinced that the gospel should be preached as Jesus declared it, as he was reading in the word, with healing for the sick, signs and wonders as a direct result of the Holy Spirit's presence. So he taught the church that in our everyday life, we can be filled with many Holy Spirit encounters, just as it was on Pentecost Sunday in the Christian church. And John Wimber was one of the original founders of the vineyard. So you've heard us say this many times before. So there's things that we believe. We believe that we receive the Holy Spirit at the point of salvation. John 3, 5 says, The truth is no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives new life from heaven. So we receive the Holy Spirit when we become a Christian. But we also expect multiple fillings of the Holy Spirit along our journey as followers of Jesus. And through our Acts and in the letters of Paul, he speaks of being filled with the Spirit many different times in many different places. So for us as followers of, followers of Jesus, this is a lifelong journey of surrendering our life to the ministry of the Spirit. And it can be marked with numerous watershed experiences of the Spirit's power. Um, and I think it was David Pitches, who's Phil's grander, who said, I have been filled with the Holy Spirit, but I leak. So we always need more of him. We always need to ask more of the Holy Spirit. And we really believe this is for the whole church to be empowered not under ministry, not just one special person, one gifted leader or evangelist or faith healer or whatever. You know, and sometimes I think there's something in us that we want to look up to someone. We want us almost a celebrity to admire. And it's because we're created to worship God. But look at our culture. People just love famous people and celebrities. And sometimes I think we still do that in the church a little bit as well. But as vineyard people, we want to see an army of people moving in the power of the Spirit, not just because they're really super spiritual or they've got something special, but because they're part of the body of Christ and filled with the Spirit to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And that's not just for the leaders or a few of us, that is for everyone. So John Wimber used to say, everybody gets to play, and we still say it a lot here too. Oh, here. <laughs> okay. So 
I'm going to share a few things now about how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. And maybe some of you will experience some or all of them. But I really believe this morning that God by his Spirit will be highlighting some of them to you. Maybe in a way that you'll recognize that you're thankful for. Or maybe something that you're hungry for that you think, well, I haven't experienced that. And I really want God to do that in my life. And you're never going to remember all these things that I'm going to say. So just really be asking the Lord, God, show me which of these are relevant to me. You know, search my heart, show me and help me to respond to you. So how the Holy Spirit works in the life of a believer. Firstly, he helps us when we don't know how to pray. It says here, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And another version of this says the Holy Spirit helps us in our distress. So when our hearts are broken, when there's no words for the pain, when we're thinking about walking away from God, when we're all out of wisdom and words, he fills in the gaps. So we could be sitting in our living room just crying, just not knowing what to say or what to do, experiencing pain. But that's when the Holy Spirit comes and intercedes and, and just fills us. And I know that there's many of you here have experienced painful situations and can say that the Holy Spirit has helped you in your distress. And that's certainly true in my own life as well. The Holy Spirit helps us when we feel condemned. Romans 8.1 says there is now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. For the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you through Christ Jesus from the power of sin that leads to death. And you know, condemnation is a common demonic strategy and there's no place for it in Christ. You know, if the devil, if Satan can get you to stay under the negative effects of self-condemnation, it paralyzes you. You can't do anything in the kingdom of God because you're just so under the condemnation and you feel so unworthy. And I've talked to people in that situation. They're just being held back and hindered because they feel condemned. He can take us out. And Christ already died and paid the price and, and has forgiven us. But sometimes we live like we're still slaves to sin. And some of us today just really need the Holy Spirit to come and break us free of condemnation. You know, I remember one time we were up at Belfast Vineyard and some of the guys were praying for me and I'd like taken all this stuff on that wasn't mine to carry and was really just feeling awful and, and they prayed for me and afterwards I was chatting to Andy Smith about it and I said, like, why did I not see that? Why did I not realize what was going on? And he simply said to me, the enemy doesn't play fair. And that really stuck with me. And that's really true. He doesn't play fair. And he's trying to keep us under condemnation so that we can't do anything for God. Another thing the Holy Spirit does is he empowers us to see God as our father. Romans 8.15 says, um, for we who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. You know, he shows us we're adopted. We sit on God's lap. He ushers us there and enables us to get to the Father and feel his love. The Holy Spirit is the one who makes the Father Papa. And some of us find that difficult because we've had a, 
a, a struggle in our relationship with our earthly father. But we can ask the Lord to help us with that and um, to bring that knowledge of God as father into our lives by his Holy Spirit. Another thing the Holy Spirit does is he gives us power when we feel weak. Acts 1.8 says, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power and will tell people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. He gives us boldness and helps us accomplish what we need to do when we feel weak. And there's so many times, you know, when we, we feel like God's prompting us and we're going to do, we need to do something and we just feel like we can't do it. I do not have it in me to do this thing. And there are the times that we need to ask God to help us and when he can come and move in power in our lives and really help us to do those things. You know, some of us today, we're maybe feeling incredibly spiritually dry and the Holy Spirit is here to refresh us. John 7, 37 to 38 is Christ's promise of this. If you're thirsty, come to me. If you believe in me, come and drink, receive. For the scriptures declare that rivers of living waters will flow out from within. And verse 39 says, when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone who believes in him. And you know, we could be talking to someone or praying with someone and they just feel dry. We can ask the Holy Spirit to come and renew and refresh them. And you know, there's times when we ourselves or people we know, we feel vulnerable or anxious, afraid, overwhelmed. And that's when we really need a direct connection or deposit of the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, if you take your, the Holy Spirit out of your relationship with God, I just think it, it's very dry. You know, guys, we need him today. We need, if we want to live for Jesus, we need to be filled by the Holy Spirit. And he's saying today, if you're thirsty, if you're dry, if you're broken, if there's stuff going on in your life that is hard to handle, come to me. Let me fill you with my love and the power of my Holy Spirit. He's our defender when we fear that Satan will hurt us. Isaiah 59, 59:15 says, anyone who tries to live a godly life is soon attacked. You know, the minute you step up and start to live for God, the enemy doesn't like that. And verse 21 in Isaiah 59 says, my spirit will not leave you. When the enemy comes into our lives and tries to stop us, it's the spirit of the Lord who rescues us. He lifts up a standard and says, you're not hurting my child. He stands in front of us and fights for us. And when Satan comes and tries to knock us down, the Holy Spirit is our defender. It says in that chapter, Isaiah 59, our Redeemer will come. It says like he will come like a flood tide driven by the breath of the Lord. I encourage you to read that when you go home, Isaiah 59. The Spirit guides us into all truth and gives us discernment. That's found in John 16, 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. You know, we need to be praying for discernment. Ask God to give it to you. You know, you can even ask that about yourself. You know, God is never going to refuse the prayer. What, what's wrong with me? What am I doing that's hurting myself? Help me to see my blind spots. And if you keep standing on the truth that you know from the Bible, the Holy Spirit will help you and guide you into all truth. Um, the Holy Spirit empowers us to hear God's voice and prophecy. Acts 2, 17, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. 1 Corinthians 12 speaks of prophetic insight. 
And so many people struggle with this, you know, hearing God's voice. You know, some of us are astonished that God wants to speak to us today, but we really believe that he does. And we can pray to experience and receive more of the Spirit. And it's important for us to understand that if we have a lack of the Holy Spirit, we're not going to be able to hear God as clearly. So the Holy Spirit empowers us to hear God's voice and to prophesy. And he helps us to have joy despite our circumstances in the midst of trials in 1 Thessalonians 1 6 so you received the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of the severe suffering it brought you in this way you imitated both us and the Lord he helps us to trust in the goodness of God you know sometimes that's hard to say God you're always good when you're going through hard times but I think the only thing worse than suffering from loss is to suffer loss without Jesus. And you know, the first person to really teach me that was my friend Gareth. Um, 14 years ago, um, Paul and I got married in April, and he came to our wedding on his own because his marriage was actually breaking down at the time. And in those first few months of our, us being married at our church at Soul Survivor, I just used to watch Gareth time and time again press into God in church to worship him, even though he was weeping, even though things were falling down around him, even though he was in deep pain. And I knew he needed the Holy Spirit so much in that time and this isn't necessarily the point I'm making but last weekend Paul and I had the joy and the privilege of seeing him marry another friend and it was just so joyful and redemptive and I just felt like you know God, Gareth had honored God and cried out to him when he needed him and it was amazing anyway that's an aside so the spirit of God helps us to look up and see Jesus even in incredible pain and I've seen some of you here stand up at the front and just ask God to fill you ask God to come in and help you in painful circumstances and just to worship him through the pain and I've felt that in my own life as well in times of trouble when you just don't understand sorry the Holy Spirit is the one who helps you to say, God, you're good. So lastly, um, the Holy Spirit gives us boldness to release the kingdom of God. Um, and that's something that um, Paul and I personally and some of the leaders in the church are feeling really challenged about. You know, sorry. You know, we need to step out of our comfort zone and take risks if we want to see God's kingdom come. And that is what we want to see. We want to see God's kingdom come in our lives and in our town, in our community. And um, the Spirit of God gives us boldness to release the kingdom. And if we look at Acts chapter 4, that is a brilliant example. You know, Peter and John were seized and put in jail for proclaiming Jesus to the people. They were being questioned by the high priest and his family, like, powerful people like imagine how intimidating that must have been and in verse 13 it says when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled ordinary men they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus you know they they know they're not going to be able to stop them because Peter and John are saying as for us we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard and in verse 31 it says after they had prayed the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly 
you know, receiving the Holy Spirit does something to us. Eventually, we're not going to be able to keep it to ourselves. We can't help speaking about what we've seen and heard. And the Spirit makes us start to take risks and begin to pray for people outside the church. And there's some of you here today, and I know you want this. You want to be bolder for God. You want to see his kingdom come in our town and in the broken people you know in your families, in your workplaces, just the people you see walking around. And the Holy Spirit is here today to give you that boldness that you need to not be able to hold back, to not stop speaking about Jesus and what he's doing in your life. So just to finish off, I just want to talk about receiving the Holy Spirit for a minute, what that actually looks like, what that actually means, because sometimes, to be honest, I'm not sure we're that good at it. Sometimes we just go for it, but sometimes we need a little help, and sometimes we actually need to learn how to receive. It's not something that maybe comes naturally to us. It might not be familiar. So how do we receive from Jesus? The first thing is we need to understand if we're having difficulty receiving and be willing to ask for help. Here's a few quick reasons why it might be difficult to receive. Maybe you have never experienced this before. You've never um, been at a church where that's been talked about. And it might take time to know that we can experience God and receive his free gifts. Maybe some of us are afraid. Maybe we're afraid of losing control. We're afraid of intimacy you know someone said before I'm scared to death but I think this is what church is supposed to look like and maybe that's true some of us are just scared but deep down we know this is what God is saying maybe there's some distrust there maybe there's past hurts with church or the way the Holy Spirit has been represented to you in the past Maybe some of us are very performance-driven people. We're so busy doing that we never stop and acknowledge our own need to receive. You know, maybe we're so busy looking out for everyone else and their needs because we know if we stop, it'll make us face up to what our own needs are. And if some of you here, you're not very good at letting other people help you just generally in life, and then maybe that translates to God. You're not very good at letting him in, letting him, him help you. And for some people, it's that condemnation I spoke about earlier. You know, that's how you feel. You just feel ashamed, like you're not good enough. God doesn't want to work in me, but the Holy Spirit wants to set you free. You know, all of us were in different places. We're all on a journey with this stuff. I said to you earlier, I became a Christian at school when I was 14. Um, whenever I went to university, it was around the time of the Toronto blessing that some of you might have heard about, where the Holy Spirit was pouring out there and spreading all over the place. And uh, I went to a a festival called Summer Madness that our young people are going to next weekend and I was in my early 20s and I was in charge of some of the younger people in my church. Kathy foolishly left me in charge of them um, and all this stuff was happening at the festival like people were just really meeting with God. Some of them were probably falling over, some of them were crying and I was like what is going on? I do not have a clue about this. This is not my experience. This has never happened in my church before. I am responsible for these young people and I'll be honest I was freaking out and like you know other people who maybe were a bit more familiar were trying to explain to me and I was like oh and like I I remember going back to uni and I was like uh I don't really want to hear about the Holy Spirit uh, any mention of the Holy Spirit no thank you that's not for me 
And I was just kind of probably put a block on because I was afraid, I was scared, I didn't understand. Um, and the summer, um, one summer of uni, I went to Chile in South America with my friend um, Marianne, whose parents had been missionaries there, and she'd grown up there till she was 13. And we went to this um, church, and um, in the service, I just started crying, and I could not stop crying. And I think all these people thought, oh, she's homesick, dear lover. But I went up to the front for prayer at the end, and um, the guys prayed for me, and I did fall down on the floor, and I just felt this incredible peace, and I just really met with God. It was amazing. So then I kind of gathered myself and stood up, and for some reason they started praying for me again, which I didn't really understand. But this time they were like fully going for it, so they were like putting their hands on my head, like pushing me, and I was going, ooh, and my friend Marianne was standing behind me holding me up. So that was all a bit weird, and I didn't really understand that. But you know what? That first experience, I so knew was God that I didn't care. I didn't care about their over-enthusiasm or what they were trying to do. I knew that I had met with God and that I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And the year after that, I went to Soul Survivor on a discipleship course. And we didn't, um, we went first of all to the festival for five days. Then we went to Guatemala for three weeks on another mission trip. And I tell you what, I walked into the festival. Soul Survivor is like a bigger version of summer madness. Thousands of young people praising God, worship. And the Holy Spirit was doing so many things, and I just felt I have come home. I love it here. This is where I belong. I did not feel scared. I did not feel overwhelmed. And one of the reasons was it was explained so well. And Mike and the other leaders there would just say, don't worry if someone beside you is crying. That is just God, the Holy Spirit. That's what he's doing, and that is him at work in someone's life. And I just absolutely loved it. And we're all on a journey. We're all on different places. And the truth is, today we need the Holy Spirit. And as we've said before here, when we encounter him, everything changes. And that's why we spend time singing loads of worship songs in a row, because we believe and we've seen time and time again that that's the place where we can open our hearts to God and let the Holy Spirit work in our lives, bring healing and freedom. All those eight or nine things I described, they can happen as we worship Jesus and when we're on our own. And that's why we're always going to give space for people to come up here and respond. Even if no one comes, we're still going to do it. You know, when you're standing up here and people are praying for you, they're not magic. They don't have magic words. They're just blessing what God is already doing by his spirit. They're just asking God to speak, to encourage you and set you free. So this morning, it's about trying to let go of those things I described, our pride, our fear, our shame, the past things that have been said before. And it's about saying yes to God. It's saying, I need the Holy Spirit, and I want him to work in me this morning. So. Super. Um, we need God in this life, don't we? Isn't that right? I mean, we need him. We need his presence. We need his power. and uh, And so... We're going to give space. We're going to give time before we need to go and get the kids and get get a coffee or what have you, for 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 that to happen. Um, the Holy Spirit, he, you know, he's a gentleman, and he and he asks us to invite him. He doesn't come barging into our lives, but it's something that we invite, and we're going to give invitation in a moment for the Holy Spirit to come. He's already here. If you're a Christian, he already lives in you. I'm just doing all the right theology here. Um, but we do require, uh, that, like Chantelle has explained so brilliantly, continual 
um, fillings of the Holy Spirit because we leak. And there are many of us here this morning, you need a fresh touch from heaven through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. There is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus uh, went to be with the Father in heaven, he said, wait in Jerusalem. Wait for that gift that I have promised. The Holy Spirit's coming at Pentecost. Peter stands up and the Holy Spirit came in a greater measure, in a greater portion, and came upon every uh, open-hearted believer there on that day. It's the same today. I don't know what I would do without the Holy Spirit. Well, I do know. I would just struggle even more. (laughs) We need his power. We need his presence, don't we? So why don't we stand together? And and I'm just going to pray. And then we are going to give uh, invitation for people. If you want to receive more, like right now, okay, Right now, the Holy Spirit's here, okay? And the Holy Spirit can meet you if you're in row nine, chair F, okay? Not that they're numbered or labeled, by the way. But so he can meet you there, he can meet you here. But there is something about coming forwards. There is something about you positioning yourself and coming. And and again, it doesn't have to be the front. It just happens that that's what we do. We could go and do it at the back, or we could do it in the cafe. We could do it anywhere we want. But there is something about coming forwards and allowing someone else to come and stand with you without magical words or powers like Chantel's mentioned and just bless what God is already doing because ultimately it's between you and God. So let's pray. Just come now, Holy Spirit. We welcome you here in this place. Come. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Just let it come. It's not something that you can manufacture or make happen. It's something that he does. And so just relax and Just welcome you, Lord. Welcome you in this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's it. That's it. That's him. That's him right now. Thank you, Lord. Yes, God. 
And as we're just praying there, the first people we want to pray for is this, this isn't new to you. Or maybe it is, actually. But I think for lots of people, this is, you, you're just thirsty right now. You just need a fresh touch from him. You feel weary from doing and weary from the battle. And you just, you're just thirsty for more of him. So if that's you, why don't you come first and we'd love to pray for you. Uh, the rest of us just continue to receive. Uh, that's it, great. Come on up, folks. Well done.